0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662 844 1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker.
1: What's up on a Friday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. My co conspirator, as always, is Michael Borky. It is Mailbag Friday, Uh, the people's quarantine, whatever. I don't even, I'm not going to say the date anymore, just the fact that I know it's Friday and every third podcast is Mailbag Friday is what's getting me, uh, or I guess keeping me straight through these kind of really just brutal times. I keep getting to the, like every weekend we get to now, I guess it's the third one since kind of shit's gotten real, I guess for the lack of a better phrase and I just keep getting more and more angry that there's not going to be nothing on television this weekend and nothing to do. Uh, I think I can, we can still go play golf uh, doing the social distancing thing. I might try that. I uh, might try to go fishing. I don't really know. That's about all I've got left in the arsenal.
0: What's up? Yeah, just uh, I'm smoking a, a whole chin, uh tomorrow and doing a ton of needed yard work. So that is my quarantine weekend without sports. Yeah,
1: nice, nice. I wonder, I wonder if a bunch of people will be smoking a whole bunch of somethings this weekend. Uh, yeah, out and the but best
0: part is it is an herb chicken. So, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Perp chicken. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> the, yeah,
1: the, yeah I, the worst part about this is we're starting to fade into the normalcy of this, right? Like I keep saying, I keep getting mad going in the weekend. But like the first weekend, I was like, "This is real weird." And the second weekend, I was like, "This really sucks." And now I'm just like, "This is our lives." <laughs> like, it's, we're starting to fade in the normalcy of literally nothing being on television. Uh, yeah, man. I, I don't, there's I an increasing seeing,
0: worry that we're not going to
1: have college football. And I think, see, I'd like to address that too. That's where I was going there as well. I keep seeing more and more like pessimism as to what, uh, as to what's like going to happen. And you could 100. percent but I think that's people just being pessimistic and the 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 curve is appearing to spike this week. things are really getting bad in New York City in particular and across the country. I'm and not trying works. to minimize that, but I don't necessarily know what I, I don't think you can necessarily equate that to this being a longer term thing yet. like I've the whole time have just said I don't know. I really don't. I've tried to read uh, like about what's happening other places. I've tried to read like timelines of I don't know. But because the thing is spiking this week to me just doesn't mean oh football's now shot now. I think it's just people uh, tired of this and uh, just it uh, kind of wearing on them. That's my
0: opinion. It's two things. I think one people just like enjoy I don't I don't know how to word this. There are enjoy some...
1: misery. It's the age yes. of social media. They're
0: miserable people and so they enjoy making other people miserable with their miserable predictions. But I also and you've seen that. Uh, that's real. But also I think there's a concerted effort to to say things like that and get that message out there to encourage people to stay home. Like Kirk Herbstreet today said he doesn't think football is happening. To me, I mean, he's got no reason to say that other than he's been told if shit doesn't get better, there won't be football. Therefore, people, him and people like him, and you've seen – public service announcements at Ordron, Nick Saban, et cetera, et cetera, doing these. I think they're trying to tell people and inspire people to stay home. That That is just my guess. And so they, they say things like, I don't think football is going to be here, dot, 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 unless the curve flattens as like an inspiration for people to not be defiant. Because especially around here, because – I mean, we've had a few people die in this state, but we are not as impacted as like New Orleans. Uh, I think people are being defiant and talking about how it's overblown and reading Clay Travis tweets. And they just they're not listening. And I think people are doing this to get them to.
1: I I agree 100 percent with what you said there. And it's interesting you brought up the Clay Travis part of it because uh, I was texting with uh, Antonio Morales last night. We were just kind of checking in on each other and seeing how things are out there because he lives in Los Angeles now. And obviously it's a whole different ballgame than it is here in Mississippi. And so we were just kind of texting back and forth and, you know, just catching up. And I was like, how are things out there? Blah, blah, blah. And we started talking about, you know, do you think there's going to be a football season? And we both seemed to lean. I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. We both seem to lean, yes. But it may not be 100% normal. I'm willing to leave that open as well. But we were both like, hell, we don't know. And, like, I, you, in this world where you have to have a take and you have to have an opinion. It's one optimism, particularly on the internet and Twitter, is just somehow we've gotten to where optimism is equated as stupidity now. And I don't see how we've gotten to that place. Like, apparently, you somehow sound smarter if Ruby, you're. It's because we, as we just mentioned, table.
0: it's because everybody's miserable.
1: And right, if you are exactly. not miserable, like, they attack you. But like, optimism and, in, and lack of intelligence and optimism and stupidity, like, those two don't equate. Like, somehow we've gotten to that point. But my point being, he was like – he named another reporter that I'll leave out of it uh, just for other reasons. But he was like, you've got this guy on one end, and then you've got Clay Travis on the other end. like, And th- and uh, he's like, and somewhere – the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And I was like, honestly, that's a pretty decent way to phrase it. like. But that's the thing we've been talking about for three weeks. There is no down the middle. You've got to be either one way or another. It's just the whole culture we've created. We don't have to go down this soapbox today, but I just keep seeing more and more like – pessimism and negativity and i'm 100 percent willing to admit this thing i don't i don't know like i'm not saying it is going to be fine by then i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying i don't know and i don't think anyone knows and i think anyone's saying like oh like lol at these people thinking football season is going to happen like shut the hell up you don't know either football season is 22 weeks away like we have there's not a country that's been infected by this yet that's on the 22nd week yet right
0: Right. I mean, so unless,
1: we just don't know. I,
0: I, <laughs> I have no idea. It. And I, I, I read something this morning about how it, it's quite obvious that you do not need to trust anything that comes out of China. And so, like, they're... Go back to movie theaters and stuff, but you, you shouldn't apply that, it, good or bad, doesn't matter. You shouldn't apply... That, that, ...that you consider here. But that's a different conversation. Yeah, Man, there's no way to know. And the thing is... Like, if we do flatten the curve and things get better and we start going back to work, and then we have college football on September 5th, and then on September 9th a college football player tests positive for coronavirus, season's over. Yeah, that's actually interesting because – I. We'll it's finish going. with this, talk because I don't want to
1: get into the whole, like, like, I feel like people are so tired of just hearing about Corona. I know I am. Yeah, but are, that is but a good, the only thing, man. I know. That is a good point, though. But, like, okay, so at that point, to me, that would be the second wave of it, which I watched the White House briefing. I can't remember if it was yesterday or today where uh, Dr. Fauci kind of pointed that out. It was like you should be cautious of a second wave. At that point, is there something to treat it, though? Or at that point, is there a better plan to where you don't have to cancel the entire season? Because at some point, like, if the way it's spreading in the numbers, you would think that either everyone's either, like, going to build up antibodies that have it or had it or whatever. Like, I don't really know what I'm saying because I'm not a doctor. But at that point, if someone contracts it in September, do you think there's a better plan of how to deal with it other than shut down an entire industry, It it is my point. Because at that point, it would kind of be the second wave, would it not?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you would think by then that – they would have something in the works, you know. I keep hoping to see an update on this uh, chlorophine deal. Uh oh. Uh oh. Somebody sorry else has it. Sorry about that. Uh-oh. The, uh, well, I mean, the president He's said sick we're of the be- coronavirus too. Apparently. Uh, sorry about that. I know it's not pleasant to hear babies yeah. aren't yours cry. Um, the, I, uh, I, the
1: president said we're gonna be all good by Easter, so no worries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. See, and then to your point. What, we, we have to talk politics, man. There's nothing else to do. It's the same thing in politics and everything else. Like I have been asked by my parents and friends and stuff if I would ever do politics. And my answer is no, because it's the same thing there. You either have to be all in and you, you take Donald Trump and you either defend every single action he does. He can do no wrong and you defend it forever or the exact opposite. That everything he does is terrible because if you are a middle person, both sides end up hating you. And like if I did a political radio show in Mississippi, I I would rip on him occasionally. And I would would not have sponsors. I wouldn't have a show. It would end so fast it's not even funny because you have to do one of two things. Criticizing the president is not an option if you are ever going to praise him. It's either – all in, he can do no wrong, defend every action, or he is the devil and everything he does is bad. You cannot have an opinion, or you cannot have both opinions about this person. That's where we've gone on the political side and media and everything. It's a shame, but I, like, I couldn't do it. I, if I was ever approached by Super Talk to do politics, I would say no, because I would criticize the president, and that would be a big problem in this state. I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, so I guess in all in closing with all that, I guess I'm just saying like I don't. If you scroll across Twitter and you see someone being like you're all stupid for thinking football is gonna happen, that guy's full of shit as well and doesn't know. I'm just telling you like I'm not in the business of telling people how to think but I, I guess what I'm saying is don't let other people shape your thinking because no one knows, not even the medical experts at this point. And I'm not saying the medical experts don't know anything. I'm saying they probably don't know the full effect of how this is going to play out. I mean, they're sitting there telling you that. They're just trying to flatten the curve and see what happens. Anyway, that's your coronavirus update for the day, brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go, uh, go If you want to throw some meat on the grill – and go quarantine, Uh, go see Greg. I saw him last weekend. I'm probably going to go by again this weekend and see what he's got for me. Um, But he fed us twice last weekend. It was good meatloaf, lane train special, some uh, stuff. crab stuffed mushrooms it was fantastic he's got a lot of ready-to-go plates if you have a family to feed and you're trying to get something easy on the way home and you don't want to cook food or you don't want to go stop in at a restaurant and pick something up curbside he can hook you up lb's university avenue across from kroger hope greg's doing well appreciate him sponsoring the show let's get to these mailbag friday questions uh because after so it's interesting after yesterday i did the podcast with nick Sush, which was fantastic by the way if you're into uh television, television characters and all that, uh, his depth of knowledge was like serial killer level. And I mean that as a compliment, kind of, it was, uh, it, it was honestly pretty wild how much thought he put into it. He definitely knows his stuff. I thought he was like, like, I'm going to be honest. Like I like Sus and I, I, I think, I feel like I know him decently well at this point. But when he was saying like, he was like an expert and all that, I was like, man, he just must be really into it. No, no, no. He's probably a, like, if there's a classification for bona fide expert, it was, uh, it was insane. He was naming shows that have aired only in Britain and things like that and breaking down their character and character flaws uh, that I'd never even heard of. So if you like sitcoms, if you like tel- uh, television shows, uh, he offered some pretty smart analysis on The Office, Parks and Rec, uh, you know, pretty much any sitcom on Earth. It was good stuff. Go check that out in the feed yesterday. But uh, anyway, so we got a kind of... a Sporadic Mailbag Friday after the television show characters' content the last couple of days. But we'll just get into it and see where all of this takes us because they uh, they are pretty random, but whatever. Um, let me see. I pulled them up and then I lost them as I always do. All right, here we go. How much money would you pay to watch a college basketball game where both teams shoot 20% from the field and there's a foul on every third possession? <laughs> um, I don't However know how much a ticket say, costs to go to an SEC basketball game. Yeah, I think that's it's kind of the joke. I think that's what he's kind of getting at. I actually, I have gamed the system and I get paid to go watch these things. So you should probably be more like me. Uh, why not talk about pole vaulting? I know it's not mainstream sports, but it's in the top five most complex sports around Besides, Oxford has its own Olympian and U.S. record holder, Sam Kendricks. Well, to answer your question, because I don't know jack shit about pole vaulting, but I do think it's a cool sport, and Sam Hendricks is an incredible athlete. But uh, if you're asking me to break down pole vaulting, I, I, that's just – I can't. I can try to, like, lie and make it up, but
0: my you know anything question about is, pole vaulting? Uh, no, not at all. But my question is if the pole – the pole is a certain length, right? Like, they don't get longer poles.
1: I believe that is the case, yes, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would think they would all need to so be the same size. So it's
0: a 10-foot-long pole. Wait. It's manufactured for people of all skills. Uh, okay, let's see. Because my question is, Is there if there's a limit to the size of the pole, is there like a cap on how high you could ever jump? You know what I mean? yeah because it holds only a certain height, but it it kind of seems like they can choose the size
1: yeah, I mean that's a good point i to be honest, I have no idea <laughs> so you can get different sizes I think
0: so there you have it um but yeah. this is seventeen foot five inches. So is there that that's the question is there and I guess I need to find a way to get in touch with Sam Hendricks to to get him on the radio show because we've got a lot of time to kill but I wonder if there is like going to be a limit to like the record because if the polls only a certain length there's only so much higher you can go right yeah, I mean, your
1: logic's adding up here, but I'm so far out of my depth. I would thank uh, Mr. Gibson here for the question and the idea. Uh, but as far as, like, why not talk about pole vaulting, because we don't know anything. but <laughs> We clearly talk no shit about it. <laughs> yeah, if you, uh, but if you know Sam Kendrick, uh, or anyway, we'll try to get Sam Kendricks on the show. I think that's a good idea. Sam uh,
0: Kendricks is fourth all-time in uh, highest mark. So he's done 19 feet. 10 and a half inches. And the world record that was set by a guy from Sweden in February of this year is 20 foot three inches. Okay. And then uh, So he's one of the greatest pole vaulters to ever live.
1: Yeah, that's pretty wild. And then that kid from LSU, uh, whose brother played baseball, Duplantis. Uh that's Antoine the guy who was the baseball yeah. baseball player, and then Mondo, I think, is the kid's name is also really good. So Armand uh,
0: Duplantis, he's the world record holder.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was talking pole vaulting. So we'll try to get him on the radio show. I think that's a good idea. We've, we've got plenty of time, as you mentioned. The next question is, where do they plan on hanging the 2017 NCAA World uh, NCAA championship banner at Swayze? Uh, I don't know. If Mike were to do something like that, he would probably replace my seat in the press box with it and just hang it up there. Um, if you end up watching Game of Thrones, you need to read the books. That's not a question, but thanks for the suggestion.
0: Uh, Have Ricky, you seen? Don't, don't listen to that guy. the The books, there's no end. He didn't finish them. George so R. R. I was Martin talking just to chose someone, not to finish the books. So, I, I mean, yes, you get more details, but the show deviated from them somewhat anyway, and there's no conclusion because okay, he didn't so finish I
1: was, it. I was talking to someone about this last night uh, because we got on the topic of the. Like, it was it was a buddy of mine who had listened to the podcast and. He was saying, did the guy choose not to finish them or he had he not finished them yet and the TV show went ahead with it? Because the way it was described to me last night, I'm not saying you're wrong or he's wrong because I don't know anything. He was describing it as that guy had not yet finished the books but in, had intentions on doing so and basically gave the TV people a script as to like – like generally how he saw the books ending and they kind of filled in the line colored in the lines with the details. Yeah.
0: So he was supposed to be done a while ago and just hasn't finished because he's a fat, lazy ass. And I mean, his last book came out in 2011 and has not finished the, the last two yet, obviously. Uh, so he just hasn't finished them. He had plenty of time to do it, just hasn't done it.
1: That's interesting. Because like, like the, it seems like all around the people in charge of this story and in charge of this storyline have just failed time and time again. And it's weird to have something that, uh, that well-liked, that critically acclaimed, whatever, whatever, what have you. And it just flopped like that. Like, that seems very strange to me.
0: I can't imagine he's thrilled with how the show ended it. Uh, I, there's no way that he's happy with how they ended it because it was an embarrassment. But that's what you get for not finishing the books on time. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, uh, guess where he went? By the way, he should have been a sports writer. Uh, Mizzou. He's a metal grad. Oh, oh even the better. better. The big uh, I heard they just lost
1: accreditation. I uh, hate to see it. Wait. Anyway, uh, something about. I saw a Northwestern like a while back lost accreditation. I think it's more of like a joke than anything in terms of like that actually meaning anything.
0: Oh Uh, man, that would have been so funny.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I would actually argue if you're going to get into that, I would actually argue that, uh, that uh, Mizzou grads are more obnoxious than Northwestern, but it's close. And then Syracuse is probably the most reasonable of the three uh, pretentious schools. But uh, yeah, that would be my power rankings there. So Let's see. Have you seen Tiger King on Netflix? No, I have not, but there was an episode playing in my living room last night that one of my roommates was watching, and I caught a smidge of it, and it it yeah, it was as weird as people are saying it is.
0: Yeah. I I have a very old man take on this. Somebody called me a tree hugger on Twitter for having this opinion. Um I hated it. I, I like I understand why people like it because it's this goofy guy that has a tiger zoo basically with 300 tigers and he made a bunch of country music videos and albums even though it wasn't him singing on it they made it look like he was singing and he had this like poorly produced tv show and podcast and like just a ran for governor of oklahoma and had a mullet that he bleached and, and just a unique person like i understand why people like it because it is bizarre like the people featured are bizarre but when i watched it i couldn't like it because they featured a bunch of people that just openly mistreat and abuse big cats and, and animals. It's it, it's awful, and so I couldn't get grabbed to goofy animal abusers and enjoy it. Like I, it was well done. The story is wild, like the murder for hire plot and all this stuff. Like it's crazy, but I didn't enjoy it because all these people just—they're all insane and they all just abuse animals. And I don't. I couldn't enjoy it.
1: Fair enough. I just found the snippet that I saw to be very weird. I'm watching McMillions right now. I would highly recommend that. It's uh, it's pretty insane. It's on the McDonald's. It's how the FBI busted the McDonald's monopoly fraud, and it's uh, it is as good as advertised. It's an, it's insane. I'm not finished with it yet, so I, like I wouldn't know the ending to spoil it for you. Um, or I guess how it plays out. But uh, I am a couple episodes through, and it is uh, it is pretty pretty insane. So, let's see. What's your go-to Taco Bell order? I get the Doritos Locos, and then I get the Cinnabon Delights. Uh, usually, very late at night.
0: I haven't been to Taco Bell in forever. Taco so Bell I has even turned into
1: you. chicken on a stick for me. Like I'm not if I'm like on the road and coming back from a game. I'm not rolling through Taco Bell. But uh, I guess if I've had a couple, I probably Taco Bell becomes immensely more appealing if that makes sense. I can eat McDonald's anytime, same with Wendy's. Not a huge Burger King guy, but can do it. Taco Bell is might as well well be chicken on a stick for me. It's kind of the same, same uh, category into what makes it taste good and what
0: doesn't. Have you had Wendy's breakfast yet? Wendy's breakfast? No, I have not. It's new. It's- the breakfast Baconator is the best sandwich, fast food sandwich I've probably ever had. Interesting.
1: I, uh, I I didn't actually even know this existed. That's uh, that's pretty wild. I'll
0: uh, I'll have to look into. Sorry, that. Sorry, that, I muted myself. My my little guys just wanted to be a part of the conversation. Um, yeah, it's it's the baconator, but with uh, sausage and eggs, basically. That
1: uh, that sounds pretty solid to me. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, I will have to check
0: like that. Eight hundred calories too, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jeez,
1: uh, let's see. Forgot to submit a name under best performances last week. I've witnessed in person. One of mine would be Jordan Matthews, Vanderbilt versus Ole Miss in 2013. That's not a question, but oh well, that's a good submission. I remember that game. That guy was really, really good. Was it Jordan Matthews? And yeah, it was 2013. That was the game that Jeff Scott. Uh, uh broke the run late and almost won the game late. But uh Jordan Matthews was incredible in that game. And then towards the end of the game, like one of the reasons the game turned, if I'm not mistaken, is he got hit so he got hit really hard over the middle and like I think almost threw up on the sidelines. Yeah, yet. Cody really, Pruitt. Like, yeah, it really disoriented him and that really changed Vanderbilt's offense, if I remember that correctly. Uh but that kid uh that was uh that's definitely a good underrated choice that you wouldn't necessarily think about. I'm about to pull up the stats for that game.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, – I don't think they listened to this show, but I was at the Lyric watching that game um, with a group of buddies. We got it – like, they did one of those watch parties, and and you had to, uh, like, pre-get a table. And so we had a table, and the second they hand the football off, uh, one of my old friends, Wesley Dodd, screams, What are they doing? And then he takes it for six. <laughs> like, the whole – Lyric was looking at him and laughing at his ass because he screamed about the handoff not being the right call.
1: Uh, Matthews ten catches for one seventy eight. Laquan's first career game nine for eighty two. Not a bad debut for Laquan Treadwell, but yeah, Matthews was a man among boys that night. That's a uh, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, didn't Tony uh, Connor also force a fumble on like the opening drive? I don't remember. I don't because I like, think the I recruiting class, like very much, made their presence known right away, and I think it started with him.
1: Huh? I'll take your word for it. That game was a uh, that game was a while ago. At this point, that's uh, pretty yeah, that like a pretty
0: nuts. Well, don't I mean, it's seven years ago. This fall.
1: Yeah, that is. Uh, that is
0: getting up there in terms of age. What's your about how much has changed since then? Could you imagine having a conversation with somebody that night? That night and telling them the NCAA is gonna give you two bull bans. Your coach is going to get fired because he couldn't not call escort services on his university issued phone. And when he was given the opportunity to redact those calls, still couldn't do it. You hired Matt Luke for three miserable years, and now Lane Kiffin is your football coach. Could you imagine telling somebody that in 2013? Yeah,
1: definitely worthy of a book or something to be written on the last ha- de- half decade. I guess you're approaching a decade,
0: depending yeah, on the how the one Kiffin that's aired. actually coherent and uh, decently written would be nice.
1: Yeah, I guess uh, it'd be hard. I guess I don't know how you would like frame that because I don't know how long the Kiffin era is going to last. But if you could make it a half decade, decade, whatever it may be, the last five, seven years of Ole Miss football have uh, certainly been storybooked for better or for worse. What is your favorite Ole Miss baseball game to replay, excluding the ULL 2014 series? I don't know if I've ever replayed an Ole Miss baseball game.
0: Uh, well, just, I don't know. What, but your favorite game, I mean, you know, just one that you've covered or, or not that you remember that sticks out to you.
1: Uh, as far as sticks Out there was a game in June of 2018 that I was watching from my Airbnb in Cincinnati, Ohio, where a certain left fielder uh came in and mowed down Ole Miss, and uh, I think it was a two to one win. Tennessee Tech, is that correct? Rippy, I'm just saying (laughs) that that one sticks out. Oh Uh, man, the LSU game last year is the craziest baseball game I've ever witnessed in person. Uh, covered like it. It checks all three boxes. Sunday in Baton Rouge last year, the Parker Crazy giving up six runs in the ninth or whatever it was with two outs. I don't remember how many they scored total. Oh Miss one like nineteen seventeen or seventeen fifteen, whatever the hell the score was. That's the craziest baseball game I've seen in person. So that will be my actual submission.
0: The, the one I enjoyed the most was probably um, twenty thirteen. Uh, Florida series that Sunday game. Oh gosh. I got to remember all the details. I know Sinquez Golson. Florida was number one at the time and Sinquez Golson scored the game winning run on Sunday to win the series. And if I remember correctly, if they didn't score in that inning, the dumb travel rules that the sec has, because you know, an extra 30 minutes would have stopped Florida from getting home. And you know, the guy's got to study. I'm sorry. He must remember that too. Um, uh, it wasn't 2013. Was it 14 then? No, oh. it would
1: have been 13. Senquez stopped playing baseball then. It would be 12 or 13.
0: Well, 13 they were at Florida, so it, I guess it had to have been 12. It was
1: 12. Because When Freeze got there, Sinquez quit baseball.
0: So it would have to be 12 because he uh, Sinquez's freshman year was 11. Yeah, okay, so it was 2012 then. And um, because of those travel rules, if Ole Miss didn't score – uh, in the bottom of the ninth, uh, to walk that game off, I think they would have called it a tie, if I remember correctly. It was the number one team in the country. Uh, yeah, that's right. They won 7-6 to six on Sunday. And that, I've just – even the year, aside from the actual regional in 2014, I had never been in a, a right field in my four years that was that rowdy uh, after that game. There was a still image of the student section – I guess it was old Miss picks. I don't know if he was there at the time, but it was whoever was taking pictures for the athletic department that caught the beer shower. And it wasn't just liquid in the air. I mean, there were a couple coolers up in midair, chairs, just people just throwing random shit up into the air. And the still image from that was perfect uh, when they walked off uh, to beat number one Florida that day. That was a ton of fun. Might be my favorite day watching sports. I mean, maybe ever. I had so much fun that day.
1: That was kind of Sinquez's only moment as an Ole Miss baseball player uh,
0: because he had of— He a robbed home run that series, too, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, he uh, that was kind of his, like I guess, first, last kind of only moment as a baseball player. Uh, football thing in college worked out for him pretty well, though. His uh, his career and the symmetry of it, we talked about, it, I think, a little bit last week, from getting juked by Trent Richardson to being an All-American and stealing that ball from O.J. Howard— is pretty remarkable. He uh he saw the best and the worst of things, uh, for Ole Miss football, for certain. But that's a good one as well. Obviously the t- Holt Perzak triple or, or whatever it was in uh, Lafayette. I wrote about that last year. Base
0: is clearing triple, right?
1: Yeah, base is clearing triple in the eight, uh, eighth bottom of the eighth inning that sent him to Omaha. I'm trying to think of another one that really sticks out that was just a really good baseball game, but I, I can't really think of one.
0: I'm sure there is, but honestly... No, when, when they won that regional, um, they, they had that rain delay. And I think it was Scott Weathersby, right, that came out and shut down Washington on that Monday afternoon as the sun was setting. That was an aesthetically uh, just stunning day.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, that's another good one. And that was a really, really good... Uh, the, the underrated part about that 2014 getting team to getting to Omaha throughout all of their uh, postseason failures in the past and stuff, and not that team. I'm just talking about the program and stuff. That was really no cupcake regional. That Washington team was really good. And Georgia tech as the three seed was a really, really good team as well. Like they got, they had a really, really stacked regional that year. Ole Miss had some good draws. Like I would say last year was a very good draw. Clemson, and uh, Illinois were really just two marshmallow two and three seeds, but then in sixteen, if you remember the regional, they didn't get through. Tulane was really good. I didn't know what to make of Boston College, but Ole Miss got Pac-12 champion Utah as their four seed that year, and that was a uh, that was a really stacked one. So I don't know the the regional draws Bianca's gotten through the years. It uh, seems like there's never really in the middle. Like there's a really like they're two extremes. It's like they're either really good or they're
0: really really bad. So. I don't know. That's just an observation I well, had. Except for Tennessee Tech. <laughs> you uh, brought it up, so I'm okay now. Uh, I mean, they're still I, – I know they made up for it. I think the next season they made up for it. Um, just mind-blowing that they were able to lose those two games.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, – I had an interesting perspective for that because I covered that team all the way up until the Auburn series before I left and went on that internship in Ohio. And so they were really rolling at that point. And then just I, I got to watch some of the second game uh, that night. The first game, though, the Reds had a day game that day, so I didn't get to see the first one. But I was kind of keeping up on my phone, and there really wasn't much to keep up with because they got blown out. And then I got back in, like, the fourth inning of that second game. And, like, just, like, like pick, like entering entering into that old Miss baseball world in the fourth inning of that game versus how it ended is uh, – it was quite the change because, like, everything was going pretty well. It was a tight game. Anyway, I don't know. Things just turned dramatically. Whenever the fifth or sixth inning and they didn't score, uh, like they left second and third or bases loaded or whatever it was, the whole air went out of that place, and everyone seemed to kind of know what was coming, if that makes sense.
0: Let's see. It does. Yeah, I mean, you could see it, like the body language of the people behind home plate. It was like every strike they were hung up on. It was was just a, a toxic energy in that stadium that day.
1: Yeah, after that inning where they left those dudes on base. Let's see. Have you come up with any new drinking games during this fiasco? Yes, I actually have. So I have this one where you walk into the gas station, and when you're trying to select what you want to drink, you grab the cardboard boxing that says 24 instead of 12, and it is a fun game to play. (laughs) But I'm not a huge I was never a big like drinking game guy. Like I wasn't like good at obviously normal college kid you play beer pong whatever. You think it's really cool in high school. All that but like the the more elaborate drinking games, I never really got into them. I'm not like anti. I just wasn't very good at them. Like the flip cup or anything involving a coin. Maybe I just didn't do it cuz I sucked at it and I hate
0: losing. <laughs> Yeah, I played them. I had fun with it. Um, But when I was in college, I just needed any excuse and took any excuse to drink. I was like... uh, I mean, there's a reason I got so fat when I was in school, man. I I was pushing one year. I think it was after my sophomore year. I was pushing three bills. Uh, I uh, I had a medical procedure, and I weighed in that day at like 292, and... I went home and spent the summer working in a tire warehouse and also exercising twice a day, so I would wake up, work out, work in a tire warehouse, which was a miserable job, and then work out when I got home, and I lost like 75 pounds that summer, got all the way down to 185 at one point, which is too small for me, and uh, I'm kind of fluctuating in between 230 and 215 now ever since, but man, I was pushing three bills at one point. Well that may be
1: another reason why then, because I uh, I've never really like I've rarely flirted with the buck 50 and so like I probably didn't need to uh, you know play five six rounds of flip cup before I got to the bar because things were really gonna end badly for me. but but uh, yeah, no, no new drinking games, but we'll uh, I would take submissions if someone else has invented one and uh, would like to send it to me and I'll even try to play it. So open invitation there. Let's see. Looking on the for some insight on the meth cooking tiger whisperer, you're gonna have to take the lead on this. Does this guy actually cook meth, or is this guy joking?
0: Uh, what what's the question? Uh, I got I can't find it here. Looking for some
1: insight on the meth cooking tiger whisperer.
0: Oh yeah, no, he did all kinds of stuff, man. Um, he oh. <laughs> man, they, and taste. He bred the tigers and sold them on black markets. Uh, He killed them, which is also illegal. Uh, He killed them and buried them on the property. Where did he get all these tigers? Did he breed them? Black market, man. They said you could get a tiger for like three grand, which uh, rich people are paying more than that for a very special Labradoodle. Um, It's crazy. Yeah, that is insane. So Uh, so he did that. He, He bred tigers illegally. He killed them, which is illegal. Um, They they were all on drugs, meth, coke, everything. Um, He was committing fraud. He um, burned down his own building to destroy evidence and stuff. Um, Was involved in a murder for hire. He was a polygamist, a gay polygamist. And he would take in these young straight guys and get them hooked on drugs and then convince them to marry him. Uh I mean just What is uh, this show? It, it, I'm serious, man. It's mind blowing that these people are real. And then he ran for governor of Oklahoma, Rippey, and got nineteen percent of the vote. So this guy's like a cult, like this is like an actual, like um, I mean, he could be a cult leader if he wanted to. Could have, and he kind of was. They they featured another guy that has a similar setup in Myrtle Beach, and he is a cult leader. Uh it's a cult. And they said at the end of the show that the FBI has raided uh, his compound as well. But yeah, he would he would take in these women and like make them change their names and like make them dress a certain way in like they were slaves to him, basically, uh, because he had cats and elephants and shit. Uh, it's all of these people are just God awful people.
1: I'm just going to have to sit down and hate
0: watch this, even if I know I'm not going to like it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. you might do people love it. It's the if you're a shock value guy, watch it because it's it's hard to believe these are real people, but they are. And like the, the lady that seems the most innocent in it, um, I mean, very well likely could have possibly allegedly killed her husband and fed him to so her tigers.
1: That was the snippet that I got I mm-hmm. saw when uh last night when they were talking about the murder for hire thing or killing her husband. Yeah, so the, the
0: guy whose face you've seen tried to hire somebody to get her killed because she was trying to get him shut down because she claimed that, and everything he was doing is true, but she claimed that he was uh, selling and abusing tigers and all that, and that was all true, but she's also got some sketchy, shady shit in her past too that doesn't really add up, including the death of her first husband. So everybody involved is a bad actor. Okay i'm just gonna
1: i'm just i can't really add anymore i'm just gonna sit down and try to watch this this weekend and Monday with some takes on uh the meth cooking tiger whisperer as cheesy g731 on twitter uh chimes in how did you get into sports media i sent an essay on paying college athletes that i thought was required into some contest for a freshman comp class that i had to the wrong email in which the opinion editor of the daily mississippian got a hold of it published it for ten dollars. Then the sports editor called me and asked if I wanted to start writing columns. And then I did that, and the rest is history.
0: So you didn't plan on it at
1: all? No, I was a <laughs> I can't I was a risk and insurance major. I literally sent an essay that I had to write for a. Uh, uh, like one of those English comm classes and I sent it to the wrong email. I thought it was an extra credit thing and I was like, hell yeah, I submit this essay. Like, you get free extra credit just for submitting it to a writing contest and I couldn't even do that correctly. I sent it to the DM instead, which I didn't, I swear to God I'm not making this up. When I sent that in, I was a freshman, I didn't know what the DM was. So, I was like, sure, sounds good and I kept getting paid 15 bucks every time I published a column after that. So, I was like, this is sweet, extra cash and then just kind of uh hmm. snowballed from there i guess
0: nice uh i've known since uh i was a very young kid that i wanted to do sports media in some way i went to to old miss um and was started in print and first day journalism 101 um mr magazine i guess you didn't go to j school so you don't really know who he is uh but- no
1: i uh so i ended up once I figured out and I got a couple jobs and I actually figured out I was decent at it, I, had a, I have a minor in journalism. Okay. So I didn't start out that way. But once the work started picking up, I got a minor. I had Mr. Magazine once in undergrad and once in this graduate program. He's awesome.
0: Yeah, he was great. Uh, but he walked in first day and said, put your hand up if you're in print. And so I raised my hand. And he said, get out of it now. So... um, I switched to broadcast and didn't really know because I didn't want to do TV. Uh, I respect TV news guys, but the hours and the lifestyle kind of sucked for me. I I grew up uh, and a guy at the golf club was in TV news and he got married after dating his now wife uh, for seven years. And during those seven years, they were both in TV and never once lived in the same town. He lived in 10 different cities and she lived in like six different cities in 7 years because that's what you had to do uh, to work your way up and and there was very little money and you're working every night of the week i i didn't like that so i didn't really know what i was going to do i mean i just figured i'd go into public relations or something but in the dorm patrick it, my roommate and i uh, still a very good friend uh didn't want to pay for the cable package because we figured you know we went through rush and so if we really want to go watch something we can go to the the, the house or you know, go to the bar and watch it there. We're not in our dorm that often. Uh, We're fine. We only got like eight channels, one of which was ESPNU. And it was the only sports channel. So I would leave it on ESPNU all day. And I had to listen slash watch Colin Cowherd every day. And from there, I knew I wanted to do radio. I really, I still like Colin Cowherd. I know he's kind of ridiculous sometimes, and people yeah, really but he's make, good at his job. He's excellent at his job. People make fun of him for doing the, the real world in sports comparisons all the time. I think that's so well done and so smart. And yes, he has ridiculous takes, like the Tony Romo is not going to win a Super Bowl because he wears his hat backwards. Like that's a ridiculous take. Just just shut up. But I think he's really smart. He's really meticulously planned, and then people only grab the headlines where in a three-hour show, when it's all him for three hours every day, he'll say one thing, like the Patriots won't go after Teddy Bridgewater after he signed with the Panthers. Like, he says that, and that's all people see is, wow, what an idiot, instead of the other two hours, 59 minutes, and 30 seconds where he does a really good radio show. Ever since then, it's all I've wanted to do. And it's I'm not going to stop until somebody tells me I can't. I'm going... The goal is to host my own radio show one day, whether it be here or somewhere else. I don't care. Ever since my freshman year of college, first semester, listening to The Hurt every day, it's what I've wanted to do. It's what I'm going to do unless uh, somebody tells me it's not going to happen
1: yeah i would say that host like doing three hours radio by yourself like coward does is like the hardest thing you could possibly do in sports media and once you lose your fastball and talk radio like you don't really hide it like you can kind of cover it up in loaf and print for a while like there's a bunch of dudes that are just like corpses of themselves that write occasionally you you can hide it then you can't really hide it on radio so coward does a really good job with that and doesn't really get enough credit uh I'd say doesn't get enough credit. People just like to say that. He's better, like, despite all the criticism, he is still really good at his job, like, like you mentioned. And uh, and the the real-life thing works for him, though. Like, he's really good at it. But, like, a 24-year-old kid, like, my age, trying to compare something in sports to divorce, it's just not going to land because, you know, I'm 24. <laughs> like, that's just, it, it works for him because he's seen, he's seen and done a little bit of life. So I agree. He's really good at his job. Like, I don't always agree with what Coward says. But that's what I, kind of what we've dumbed down sports media to. Like, if you disagree with someone's opinion, then you have to hate them and they suck and they don't know what they're talking about. Coward can make opinions that I think are really smart that I don't agree with at all. Like, it's like nuance is lost in a lot of this. But it's, yeah. it, it's, it's
0: just social media because, like, his ratings numbers are through the roof. It, it, TV notwithstanding, his radio ratings are fantastic. Uh, because going deep here, Twitter's not real life. And the way people act and talk and, and interact on Twitter is just not how most of the real world thinks. And that's a perfect example. Sports Twitter thinks Cowherd's cowards a brain-dead moron. Sports fans in real life listen to him more than basically any other radio host. Yeah, because he's interesting and thought-provoking, and like
1: that's really all it takes. In, not all it takes in this interview. That's really the key, I would say. Uh, so... Yeah, he is uh, He is good at his job, but that's an interesting question that Will Eubank brought up. Favorite Bluebell ice cream flavors? I don't know, like, the brands and what flavors do what, but I like uh, chocolate chip cookie dough and then anything that's, like, Heath Bar related. I think it's called Yellow Brick Road. Pretty solid ice creams.
0: Have you tried the King
1: Cake bluebell yet? No, but that sounds good. I'll have to try that. Oh, you've
0: got to try it.
1: I'm more of a vanilla-based ice cream guy, which sounds like this is probably that.
0: It is, yeah. It's, It tastes close enough to it to where you feel like you're eating one.
1: Uh, I'm definitely going to have to check that out, then. That sounds, uh, that sounds incredible. Let's see. Which sports league has the best commissioner? I would say it's Adam Silver in the NBA, and it's not even really close. I think Manfred is really bad. Uh, I don't think he's as bad as Bud Selig was, but Bud Selig was horrendous. I think Goodell is okay, but the, the way he handles punishment and league punishment is really stupid. I think it's—I uh, don't think it's really close. I think it's the NBA, Adam Silver, and I don't even think it's—it's uh, it's, uh, really much of a debate.
0: Yeah, although he did handle the China mess—I uh, mean, just in a god-awful way. Otherwise, um, really, really good, forward-thinking uh, players love him. Uh, the league. They've had a ratings issue lately, but I think a lot of that has nothing to do with the politics, but more so the biggest star in the game moved to the West Coast, and a lot of his games started at 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night on the East Coast, and people just don't watch it as much.
1: Well, instead of the guy that just won the title. Yeah.
0: Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's Adam Silver.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely Adam Silver. Last question we have, are we going to – be in quarantine forever with no sports. Is this our new life? What are we supposed to do? <laughs> I, I'll tell you to rewind to the beginning of the show at this point. I don't think this is forever. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Don't think this is permanent, but uh, definitely not ideal. I hope this is uh, I hope this is something we can get through quickly. Uh, another guy chimes in, not a question, that his name is hard as a skillet handle. I don't know what to make of that, but says, to be honest, I can't even think about baseball right now. I know it's not important in the grand scheme of thing. But to me, it is important, and I'm having a hard time uh, living with or going on without it. Jeez, dude! Like, it's gonna be okay. We're going to get back to normal eventually. Yes, this sucks. Yes, this is less than ideal, but uh, we are going to be fine eventually. Uh, Yeah, I think this is making people go insane.
0: I do hate the the condescending sports personality, though. Like Bomani Jones today told a guy on Twitter to go read a book because the guy was like, "Man, we need the draft." I don't think we need the draft more than ever. This is extreme, but somebody tweeted at him and said, we need the draft more than ever in these times, and he was like, no, we don't. Go read a book. It's like, dude, how do you not get how important sports are to people in this business? Like, if you weren't a sports commentator, I get you would think it's weird, but those people that live for it and and care about nothing else, they go to work at 8, they come home at 5.30, and it's sports from 5.30 to 8 the next morning. And they live it, and that's all they care about. And they raise their families on it. They wear jerseys at their weddings. Those people are insane, but those insane people give us jobs. And, like, the condescending tone that that sports media people with all this money are, are directing towards blue-collar guy that just really loves sports and that's his passion. I, I don't get how you can have the job that you do and not understand that those people – And only those people give you the job that you do. You're dumb, go read a book? No, because they've never had to. This is all they care about. I can't stand it. Off my soapbox now.
1: I would agree with that. Well said. I just, like, (laughs) no, sports are not the most important thing, but they are important to people. And, like, I'm never going to get mad at someone for going kind of stir-crazy that sports aren't happening or try to tell them that I'm more educated than them because I read books. I think that's just... (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a terrible take. There are families in this state that what they do on weekends in the spring is watch Ole Miss baseball. That's what they do. When they're at home, they go to Swayze for three days. When they're not, they plan their weekends around baseball. It's what they do. And so why would you talk down to people like that when it's part of their life? And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. I'm never one to tell people how to live their lives. Like,
1: obviously, this is important to a lot of people. I mean, I, I hate it without sports. And, like, it's it's just, yeah, like I said, not ever going to talk down to someone who's just like, yeah, this sucks. I would like to get sports back. Like, I'm just going to agree with them and then hope everyone stays safe. Well, let's see. I think that's all we had questions-wise. Appreciate everyone participating in Mailback Friday. We do have a couple more housekeeping notes as far as Ole Miss stuff. Uh, you had two transfers in the last couple weeks, one yesterday. Carlos Curry, freshman, redshirt freshman center, has entered the transfer portal, and Franco Miller has also entered the transfer portal. For those of you that follow college basketball decently close, this roster attrition pretty much is expected each year. And if you gave me candidate one and candidate two in, in as early as December or January for guys that were going to be processed and move on and go their separate ways, it was definitely those two. Um, I, to be honest, I'm not sure if this is the end of the roster attrition. I think there's maybe one, two more guys, maybe keep an eye on, but these were the two most likely candidates. And if this is the end of the roster attrition, it wouldn't shock me. I guess what I'm saying, these were the two expected moves, uh, without a doubt, like neither one of these should come as a shock to anyone. Miller never really got his career going, uh, Sorry, I was
0: just responding to you on mute again. This is a disaster, Uh but uh, this is kind of just what I have to do in quarantine. Um, No, it makes you wonder, with the coronavirus, uh, how they're going to – if they open up another spot, uh, or what if they open up two? You know, What if Schuler decides, I'm done with college, I'm going to go play in Europe because he's not going to play in the NBA? Um, How do you fill those spots? How do you scout? How do you recruit when you can't see or talk to anybody? I mean, you can talk to them, but not in person they can't visit your campus, how do you recruit a graduate transfer to Ole Miss when he cannot visit Ole Miss? It could be a kid from, just throwing this out there, Virginia Tech. I think they've got a high-profile grad transfer out there. Kid, let's say he's from D.C., went to Virginia Tech, has never been this far south before. How do you convince him to go to Ole Miss when he can't show up to your campus and see? Yeah, no, I
1: mean, I would 100% agree with everything you're saying there, and it'll be tougher. It'll definitely be uh like it'll make this whole process more difficult but i mean it's something everyone's gonna have to deal with and eventually recruiting will go on and they're gonna fill out rosters and everything uh but as far as like them being prepared for this and them being prepared to have like, you know, open up one or two more spots, they've had their eye on this for a while. Like these coaches are not dumb. They understand like who's probably not going to be back. I mean, they make the decisions who's going to be back, who's not going to be. So they've got their eye on a couple guys. Like they'll have their class will be bigger than one, I guess, is what I'm saying with regards to who they bring into the program. Just how they do it is going to be uh, a little bit more challenging, I guess, during these interesting uh, times we're currently in. So yeah, Curry just, never really trusted enough to like, he had to play a decent amount of minutes that night that C got suspended at Florida, but they just never really trusted him enough. You know, you had Sammy Hunter come in the program and really kind of took what would have been his role. Uh, Franco Miller with the knee injury coming into school, just never really found it after that. Like he played a little bit in December because they didn't trust Bryce Williams to guard, but just, just never, neither one of their careers never really took off They're I mean, They are what they are. They're kind of recruiting misses. You know, Franco Miller, I don't know what he would have been fully healthy. But, uh, you know, just this kind of happens, and it happens every year. So those are the two. I'll keep an eye out for maybe, I think, one more. But, you know, if this is it, it wouldn't surprise me, and they bring in three guys next year. That would seem to fit kind of uh, everything they seem to be trying to do. So did we miss anything, any big sports story out there we have not addressed? Uh, I think that's about all we had for today.
0: I think that's about it.
1: Well, we appreciate everyone tuning in to another edition of Mailback Friday. I'd remind you one more time, if you're in and around Oxford, go see LB's Greg University Avenue across from Kroger. Uh, steaks, custom cuts, the ribeye sausage is one of the finer delicacies in life. He's got a lot of ready-made stuff to go, so you can go in and grab something to feed your family real quick if you don't feel like cooking or going and picking up something curbside. A lot of ground beef-related stuff. Uh, I had a steak last weekend, probably going to go by and snag another Go see him University Avenue across from Kroger. Appreciate Greg sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Borky and I will be on radio this afternoon, then we'll be back at it on Monday. I don't know what we're going to discuss yet. Might have a guest, might figure out something. But uh, we've, we uh, we got through this week with TV show characters. We'll figure out a way to get there next week as well. We appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll be back at it on Monday.